Hey, this is my um, good friend Mitch, right? Um, now, I was going to ask you, what do you see when you look at Mitch? But I'm not going to, because you guys are just nutters, and it'll be silly things being said, and I love Mitch, so I don't want to do that. So I'll pretend I'm you. What A lot of you would say things like, ah, oh, he's a pretty good-looking guy. Pretty, pretty, if he flexed now, some of you would like, be like, whoa, it'd just be amazing. Am I right, eh? Yeah, bro, like rock abs, like smart abs, just beautiful guy. He's actually a real caring, real lovely guy. We'd say a lot of that stuff, right? Um, some of you would say a bunch of silly things about Paul Mitch, which is why I'm not giving you the opportunity. Um, one of the things I want to talk a lot about this morning is this whole thing here. You're not who you appear to be. Um, a lot of us, we just wouldn't talk about who Mitch really is in Christ. <laughs> a lot of us wouldn't have said straight away, he is undefeatable. <laughs> he is empowered by the creator of the universe. There is absolutely nothing that Mitch cannot do that God calls him to do. Nothing. When we look at him, we go, hey, it's Mitch. Yeah, he's pretty buff. But we, we look at the external all the time. We, we forget that indwell. Like, I don't understand how God does this, but indwelling this Mitch <laughs> is literally almighty God, the creator of the universe. <laughs> because he loves Mitch, and he wants to empower him and guide him. Um, and dwelling Mitch, John 17, is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus sees the Holy Spirit and dwells. So the whole Trinity, <laughs> in some way I don't understand, and dwells this awesome man. Now, the thing I want to keep talking about this morning is we're the worst when it comes to ourselves. And a lot of us as Christians are really good at saying, so-and-so's, oh, they're so spiritual. So-and-so's so good at praying. So-and-so's so good at leading a life group. At blah, blah, blah. And we, we, we minimize ourselves. Does it make sense? <laughs> and I think sometimes when we do that, God's like, no, no. Stop judging yourself on your, your background, your past, on what you see. Because you're not who you appear to be. You're so much more. If you're in a relationship with God, you are an incredible all-powerful <laughs> human that no matter what God calls you to do, you can dominate. Because <laughs> it's not just you, it's not just Mitch, it's you and power by God. Does it make sense, eh? Are you with me? All right, shop right, have a, have a seat. Um, yeah, I, I think as a pastor, this is one of the things that frustrates, well, not, so as a, being personal as a Christian, this is one of the things that frustrates me so much, because I, I have a pretty rough background, so I've explained a bit. And I still allow my background to define what I could do and where I could go. And I forget to keep looking at myself as indwelt by God and empowered by God and called by God. Ah, crazy. And I think we do it all the time, right? Um, and I, I, I think, I don't know what God, how God feels about this. And I was like, I think sometimes he kind of cries, if you know what I mean, <laughs> when he sees our small-mindedness. Because he's like, oh, man. Again, <laughs> again, you've discounted yourself or devalued yourself. But again, I'm going to remind you in love. And again, I'm going to lift you up and remind you who you are in Christ, who you are because I indwell you, right? I love that. Um, a little story, and I'm, I'm sure heaps of you heard this before. So there's a real funny story about Diane Disney. So Diane Disney was Walt Disney's daughter, one of his kids, right? So Walt Disney, Disney, super rich, super popular, super amazing. So this is way back in the day. Um, and she, he was actually a really amazing father, and so he ran this massive empire. It's like the, the business, because it was the movies and the theme park and all this other stuff, absolutely massive, right? But he made his family a real priority, and so he would often start crazy early in the morning, but he would make sure he was always home when the kids got home from school, and often he would even have his car, his driver, 
he'd go and pick up the kids from school and be at home. So they just thought he was this normal, regular guy, right? So, but he's Walt Disney. He was one of the richest, most amazing guys in America. And so, um, and this is a true story. So Diane Disney started preschool um, in America, and the teacher was just introducing her first day to all the kids and saying, you know, this is... And every time she said her name, the whole class just went psychotic because it's Disney, right? And so they'd say, you know, hey, everyone, we're going to say good morning to Diane Disney. And when they said Disney, the class was like, ah, Disney, ah, and go mental. And Diane started to get really worried and quite concerned. And then after a while, she said to the teacher, why did they freak out? And the teacher said, wow, do you not know who you are? <laughs> Pretty key, eh? Um, and so, true story, Diane <laughs> went home after preschool and her dad would always read the newspaper and he was sitting in his favourite chair reading the newspaper and the stories of this little, like, three or four or whatever she, old she is, little girl walked up and snatched the newspaper out of his hand and said, you never told me who I am. And I'm like, man, that's, so, that's powerful for that, but it's so powerful for us. We have to know who we are, right? And, and I feel like some of us need the newspaper, kind of, <laughs> to reverse the illustration, snatched out of our hands to be told, man, you have no idea who you are in Christ, right? You have no idea the power available to you. I'm going to talk about that. You have no idea the love of God in your life. You have no idea oh, all that stuff. Crazy, eh? Hey, let's read some, um, let's read some verses. Eh? So um, Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. I, I, <laughs> I read this all the time. Um, I have a bunch of verses I read every morning um, in a little, like, I'm like a real to-do list nerd. Anyone else like a freak to-do list person off the charts? Anyone? Yeah, and I have like almost have to-do lists for my to-do lists. It's ridiculous. And I have this list of verses that I read um, every morning. There's about five of them, and this is one of them. I just love this. So cruise over there. Where are we going? Ephesians. All right. And this is ugh, so cool. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, I know you guys know that verse super well, but it's the first part that always gets me. I also pray that you will understand. And it's like Paul saying, I also pray that you might actually come to understand because you don't understand it at the moment. You totally think you do, but you don't. Man, and Paul's saying, I'm going to pray that you one day you will understand the, the awesomeness, the greatness of God's power for you, right? That he loves you, that he's with you, that he's journeying this crazy planet, and he's with you, right? Um, so that's a crazy illustration. So normally when I'm going to tell an illustration about someone in my family, I ask their permission, but because I only found out before, I haven't asked. So if you want to destroy me afterwards, small child, you can. So, um, so years ago, um, Kelly was uh, helping me move some firewood, right? So I think I've told you this story before, but it's a good story. Um, so we were moving firewood, and so I had a wheelbarrow, and I'd pre-split all the firewood, and we were taking the firewood that had been stacked by the fence and drying, so we looked like hobbits. It's cool, eh? Hobbits drying firewood by the fence? No? Okay, what? Um, and we were taking it, filling up the wheelbarrow and taking it and putting it in the woodshed to be dry over winter, right? And Kelly was giving me a hand, and um, I, because I'm very manly, would, you know, big handfuls of wood and chuck in the wheelbarrow. And Kelly was like, I don't know, little, probably five or six at that time, and they, so they were pricking up like little sticks and little like chips and things and just carefully putting them, it was very cute in the, in the wheelbarrow. And then, because we're a team, right? And then we'd take it and then I'd be putting the big bits of wood and they'd be like putting their little pile of sticks. It was really hilarious. And then after a while, um, the wheelbarrow's pretty heavy, right? It's filled with wood, it's pretty heavy. But I'm pretty manly, so pff, it's pretty easy, right? Amen? 
Thank you, Mike. Man, Mike for president. Everyone else, buy it. Um, and so then after a while, um, Kelly was like, hey, can I have a go? Can I take the wheelbarrow? And I was like, this is ridiculous. There's no way those you know, little girl, you know, can do that. So um, she gets behind it and is like really lifted. And it's just like, and lifted it. And I was shocked and then started like moving it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. And then as they were going towards the woodshed, you know, little stick arms started shaking and stuff. And the wheelbarrow started to fall. You know what I mean now? When you've got a wheelbarrow and it goes off balance, you're dead, right? Especially if it's full with concrete. I don't know what, I don't understand that. But firewood stacked really high. It's the same thing. As soon as you start losing it, you're totally dead. Now, I'm there with superior strength. Amen, Mike. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Um, I'm there with superior strength. I can catch the wheelbarrow in two seconds and steady it, right? But instead, no, the wheelbarrow nearly fell, and then I, I jumped in and rescued it, right? Um, a silly story to say. I get a bit emotional when I think about this. I think a lot of us, myself included, we're struggling through life with a wheelbarrow full of stuff. <laughs> and God is a lot stronger than all of us, right? And he's right there. <laughs> he's right there beside us as we're wheelbarrowing, going, anytime you want a hand, <laughs> Anytime, I, I can catch this wheelbarrow, but you're going to make it fall over and everything is going to be a mess. <laughs> I'm, I'm right here. I love you more than you understand. I indwell you. I'm more powerful than you're ever going to get. I'm really in, in, in our, to be rude, in our arrogance, <laughs> in our forgetfulness, in our pride. And I'm preaching at me, right? <laughs> Sometimes we're like, no, it's okay, God. I've got the wheelbarrow. And then things hit the fan. Um, and, and the whole time God's looking at us going, oh, my gosh, I... That verse again, I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. <laughs> for us. His power is for us to, to, to guide us, to direct us, to strengthen us. Oh, I love that, eh? Um, here's another verse we'll read. Um, and Emily read this, it was awesome, eh? Um, here's another verse, uh, Romans 8. And there's just that one phrase in there that I just absolutely love. Um, so if you've got your Bible, it's good to go there, eh? Make sure I'm not just making up rubbish. Where are we going? I'm just going to read 31 and 32 because Emily read it before. Thanks for reading, Emily. It was cool. Um, it's this crazy, there's a last phrase in verse 32 that to me is just pretty awesome. Um, it says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And then this crazy verse here. Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us, won't he also give us everything? I love that, eh? Won't he also give us everything? And, and Paul's illustration here is it's like, oh my gosh, if he gave up the most precious thing to him on the planet for us, then there's nothing he's going to withhold from us, right? Nothing that he's going to withhold from us. Ah, oh, I love that. I get more excited about that verse than most of you, but I'll pray for your souls. Um, I love how Eugene Peterson did it in his translation. He did a um, paraphrase of the Bible called The Message, and I love this. With, this is the, um, verses 31 to 34 of Romans 8. With God on our side like this, how can we lose? I just love that phrase, though. How can we lose if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son? Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Oh, I just love that. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare to, even to point a finger? I just love that, eh? I love that. That's such a cool paraphrase. Oh. Um, one of the things he's talked in here, and it comes through in all these verses, is this whole, uh, the extent of God sacrificing his son. It, it, it's to bring salvation and stuff, but as Paul, um, John says in 
First um, John chapter four, it's also a proof of God's love for us, the extent of God's love. So if someone says, really, does God really love us? God's like, duh, did you see me sacrifice my son on the cross for you? Do you see the extent of my love? There's just no limits to my love, therefore no limits to my desire to empower and guide and blah, blah, blah. And John Piper has this really cool, um, oh, I've got this quote from um, John Piper. He said, God might have said, enemies don't deserve saving, and that's that. He might have said, my son is too precious to pay for angels, let alone humans, let alone ungodly rebellious humans. But he also might have said, I will save them from hell, I'll forgive their sins, and give them eternal existence on another planet, and I'll communicate with them through angels. But he did not. I just love this quote. Eh? There's kind of little stages in there. God could have said, enemies don't deserve it. It's like, you guys did the sin. Good luck with that. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> not my problem. I created you and gave you free will, and you all sin. So Merry Christmas, you know. <laughs> but I love how he says it, but he didn't, right? Uh, he could have said, my son is too precious to pay for angels, let alone ungodly, rebellious humans. Um, but he could have said, okay, I'll save you from hell, I'll forgive your sins, I'll kind of exile you, but he doesn't, right? He just goes to this, and that's crazy, right? This illogical, in my mind, extreme of saying, you sinned and you messed up and you hurt yourself, you hurt others, but I love you, I want to indwell you, I want to empower you. Oh, I just love that. Eh? It's a cool quote, eh? Man, okay, turn to someone beside you and say, that was a cool quote, yeah? My gosh. I know a bunch of you didn't turn just then, see? Disobedient church. Unbelievable, right? All right, hey, let's read this other verse. Um, for you. Oh, I put it on the screen. Ephesians 3.20, I love this, eh? Um, now, all glory to God. Who, well, it's fallen off. Our data projector is like losing its mind, just so you know, so it's all good. Um, now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I know we know this verse all the time. Mate. I love that. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. And to me, that's just nuts. So let me pick on my good man, Mitch, again. Bro, do you mind if I pick on you again? Why, yes, thank you. You're amazing. Just stand. You can stand here this time. You don't even have to come right up. Um, so I'm just thinking of this verse, right? Um, infinitely more than we might ask or think. And sometimes one thing we ask or think is for God to protect us from the evil one, right? Satan hates Mitch, um, hates me, hates you. Satan hates you. His number one goal is to destroy you, right? That's his number one goal, destroy you. He's a liar. He's an accuser. He's just evil. He hates you. We've got to be aware of that, right? Um, and one of the things that we, we will ask in our lives is to, for that protection from the attack of Satan, from the, 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 the attack of that. And the, the thing that to me is scary about this is we need to do the ask or think, Right? <laughs> For God to act. So often God's ready to remove the wheelbarrow. He's ready to help. But until we ask, until we think, until we call out to him and say, help me, help me. He's like, I'm ready anytime you want, crazy free will humans. But he waits for us to, to call out to him to ask. So um, imagine Mitch um, heading into his day, heading into his day. And this day he doesn't call out to God and connect with God. And I always imagine Satan just being like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is going to be such an easy day. I'll just send the smallest demon. Because Mitch didn't plug in to God. He didn't ask or think. Good luck with that. You know what I mean, eh? But the other side is Mitch gets up, spends a bit of time with the word, maybe listens to some worship music, does the dishes because he loves his flatmates. You know what I mean? Serving, something. Then Satan's like, oh man, I should say a bad word because I'm sure Satan swears, but I'm a pastor. We don't swear much. Um, Satan would be like, dang it. Because <laughs> Mitch has asked, right? He's called out to God, and God's like, man, I got you, Mitch. I'm ready, bro. 
Satan's going to try and mess it here. You know what I mean? Hey, I love that. Um, the other side to that is this ask or think, it, and, and it's the, um, let me read it more, infinitely more than we ask or think. Now, this is embarrassing to do this bit, but I'm doing it because I love you all, right? This is the other side. That's the Satan side. The other side is the God side. Um, Mitch gets up, he connects with God, a bit of worship music maybe, you know, whatever, how, depending how you connect with God, goes to a park, hangs out with God, whatever. And, and then calls out to God and asks or thinks. And this would be, and this is silly, but this is kind of what I imagine God's response being. <laughs> is that all, bro? Come on, test me, man. Created the universe here. <laughs> really? And I love how it says it's like infinitely more than we ask or think. Mitch calls out to God, hey, I've got some, I've got some struggles at work today, God. Could you help me? God's like, can I help you? <laughs> you know, I'm the best builder ever. Jesus was a carpenter. Mitch is a builder. I'm joking. I don't think it's got to do that. Anyway, thanks, bro. But you know what I mean, eh? I love it. Satan has to run when we ask or think, when we connect with God. But I do imagine heaps of times God just going, really? Of course I can. Of course I can help you in that situation. Of course I can guide you, you gooseberry. Except God wouldn't say gooseberry because he, he loves us. Right? Um, I love this little quote. I say this one all the time. I love this. Um, in some people, religion exists uh, as a dull habit. In others, as an acute fever. I love this response from Brendan Manning. Jesus did not endure the shame of the cross to hand on a dull habit. <laughs> I love that, eh? Jesus did not endure the shame of the cross to hand on a dull habit. <laughs> um, I want to say this really carefully, but I need to say it, right? How would you define your relationship with Jesus? <laughs> Is it a vibrant growing, growing? And there's seasons. I've got to say seasons, right? There's always seasons where... We're close to God or we're not or we just feel like we're getting smashed by the planet and sickness and oh, it's just these hard seasons, right? Um, but, but, but through it, there should be that, that deep, God's got me, man. So how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Is it a dull habit? It's like, man, to be honest, I'm just going through the moves. <laughs> I'm just doing it because I know I should rather than that acute fever, you know? Again, knowing there's seasons, but, and, Okay, let's um, do a chat as we've been doing lately. So grab a friend. So let me intro this and then we'll have a little chat in some little groups. So here's a couple of questions. Why do many Christians not experience this power? Like we've read verses, right? So we've read verses. I'm not meaning in a crazy, silly way. I'm meaning the empowerment of God often is just that, that guidance, that direction, that reminder that he's got you in a hard situation and all that kind of stuff. So why do many Christians not experience that? What's going on? They're connected, they're plugged in, but why do they not? Experience God's power. Why? Um, and then second question, it's like a lot of Christians are living at half Jesus' strength. Does it make sense? It's like half Jesus' strength. Yeah? So why is that? What, what do you think that is? So they're kind of the same question from a different angle. So, um, so yeah, if you're a visitor, what we do as a church now, we're just going to have a little chat for a couple of minutes. Um, but if you need to spend time with God or you're kind of freaking out about chatting to some random person sitting <laughs> beside you, just stare at the screen, right? So our rule is if someone's staring at the screen, you leave them alone because they're probably hanging out with God or they think you're strange, which is pretty likely. Um, but otherwise, let's just have a little chat. So just a couple of minutes, hey, grab a friend or two sitting around you. Um, two quick questions.
Okay, cool, cool. Hey, so what do you reckon? What are some thoughts? Y'all are super wise. So what do you think? What would be a couple of thoughts you'd have that, to either question, eh, or just in general, what do you think? I always think of coffee when I think of the second one, eh? It's like people come in the cafe and they're like, only a single shot latte, and I just want to be like, wuss, what are you doing? They need to be like Graham. Graham is the crazy man. He gets a four-shot espresso only. None of that milk, none of that water, and he's just like, whoosh. And then next minute you're in a meeting with him, he's like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you, bro. What's happening? No, no, he's not. He's the man. Sorry, I need to focus. What do you reckon, Darren? Cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So Darren's saying sometimes it's a fear of letting go. We want to be in control of everything. We want to know what's going on. But to say, okay, God, here's the steering wheel can be real scary, right? We want to know God might call me to do something terrifying. Or Yeah, that's good, bro. Anyone else? What else? What's that, bro? Yeah, what does that mean? That's good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Lance is saying we, we sometimes limit God. <laughs> it's like, like even limit him to being human. Can he really empower me? We forget the awesomeness of who he is. That's good, bro. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Louise. Yeah. Is that trust, eh? Yeah, that's good. Shot. What are you going to say, Grant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grant's saying sometimes people just don't ask, which is dumb. <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say, Al? Yeah. Yep. It's like that control thing again, eh? We want to just control it, and if I get God involved, who knows where he's going to take me. Anyone else? It's all good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Sorry, Annette's saying it, it should be, you should have already developed that cool relationship where you're just praying and talking to God about stuff and asking for his help and blah, 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 always. And then especially when the big thing hits, you've already got the relationship. That's your natural response. So, no, that's cool, eh? That's cool. Um, I just want us to kind of pause for a sec. I've got another little question coming in a second, but I just want us to kind of stop for a second. Um, I'm not who I appear to be. I... Silence is always weird in church, right? But I just want to, I want to shut up for a minute. And I just want to ask you to be really quiet and just talk to God for, I don't know, 30 seconds. And just say, am I getting this, you know? Am I who, <laughs> am I who you're telling me I am? Or am I missing something? I, I don't know. I, I thought I'd just shut up for a minute and, and let you talk to him. So he, the Spirit's been talking to you through the service. He always does, eh? So I'll be quiet for a, a few seconds. Just have a little prayer quietly to yourself, or to yourself, to God, and then we'll rock on.
I just want to say to you again, you are not who you appear to be, right? <laughs> um, you're not who you appear to be. Um, you are way more loved than you would ever assume. <laughs> um, you are way more empowered by God than you would ever dream or imagine. That's what that Ephesians 3.20 verse says, right? Exceedingly more. So no matter who you are, no matter how much or how little <laughs> you think God loves you and has got you, you're not even scratching the reality of how much he loves you. Um, I love Revelation chapter 1, right? In Revelation chapter 1, John, who was Jesus' best friend, right? You know that, right? Jesus had the inner three, but then his best friend is John. So when John writes the book of John, he never calls himself John. He always calls himself the disciple Jesus loved, which is kind of arrogant, to be honest. It's like, I'm not going to use my name. I'm going to use my, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. He loved everyone else, but I'm, I always think it's funny. Anyway, so he's Jesus' best, closest friend, right? Um, at the Last Supper, he's the one leaning up on Jesus. They're buddies. They're just always together. When Jesus takes the three to do something special, it's always with John, right? But yet, Revelation 1, John's just boom on his face, right? He is literally unconscious when he sees the, the, the awesomeness, the power, the majesty, the glory of his best friend, <laughs> um, kind of unveiled. And I, I, I can't, I just long for that. But I, would long, I long for it here as well. <laughs> I know when we all see Jesus, um, we'll bang, we'll be on our face going, oh my gosh. And I think a bunch of us, myself very much included, will go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> I just had no idea how much, now that I see how awesome you are, no idea how much you actually love me and keep me. Uh, man, I had no idea the power that was available to me. Oh my gosh, if only, <laughs> if only I'd known. <laughs> um, so this is my final little thing. What do you need to do to, to take that relationship with Jesus to a, a higher level? <laughs> Um, so that you're asking and thinking more intensely, more intentionally. Um, what, what needs to change in you, right? Is that you need to start having a daily time with God. I don't know. Is that you need to, on the way home from work, stop at a park and just spend some time sitting in the car or go and sit under a tree and just be with Jesus because he designed you in creation. Do you need to set up a better playlist of worship music? You know when you put it on, you're just like, oh, <laughs> Um, I don't know, what, what's that one thing you need to do in your relationship with Jesus that would just take that connection better, that you'd start realizing more and more who you really are in Christ, right? That's the big question. Yeah. Okay, let's all stand up and let me pray for us, and then we're going to have Kamlan, I think, is coming up to pray, which is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Now, let me pray for us. Yeah. Yeah, almighty God, I... I, don't know, I, I always feel so frustrated in this. We, oh, I, don't know, I wish you'd zap us <laughs> or something so that we would understand your love and your empowerment, your guidance, your direction better. But we, that's not how you do it, right? It's always a journey. It's always growth. And it's always us taking that first step. Um, it's us balancing the wheelbarrow and it's all going to fall and it's filled with concrete. And we're losing it. <laughs> we just need to call out, help, and you're... You're there. I mean, often you don't balance the wheelbarrow in the way we would like. <laughs> you do it in what you know is best for us, um, which is that trust thing we've been talking about, eh? But I don't know. I, I guess overall we want to um, grow closer to you and closer to you and closer to you. Uh, we don't want to be where we are now in six months' time or in two years' time. We want to just see that little progress. So can you help us see it? I think sometimes we miss that. I think sometimes we are growing in Christ's likeness a lot more than we realise. 
um, but we miss it. So can you just, because it encourages us and we see it. So can you help us see that um, when we reflect back or when we're spending time with you to, to realize, wow, I really am more like Jesus. I'm more compassionate. I'm more desirous to serve and be generous. Um, I'm more filled with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. I'm seeing that. More people are commenting on it. We want to, we need to be encouraged in that, God. So help us to see that. Yeah, thanks that you desire to empower us. That just blows my mind. Oh my gosh. That you look at us with this incredible love, but with this incredible desire to. I love that Ephesians 1 8, that your power is for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I thank you that you, yeah, you really are for us, God. You really are for us. And you're not for us so that. You're just for us. <laughs> you love us. Yeah. yeah, I pray all this in the, yeah, the awesome name of Jesus Christ.